Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning. Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation. To God be the glory for all the great things he has done. Amen. Please stand for the reading of God's word this morning. I'm going to be reading from the book of Psalms 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Amen. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good, and his love endures. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we come before you just to say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for keeping us, God. Thank you, God, for just blessing us this week. Father God, thank you for being a provider, God. Thank you for being a healer, God. Thank you, God, for being everything that we need, God. So, God, we come today in your presence, God, to lift up your name, God, to give you all the glory, all the honor, and the praise that you deserve, God, because you are everything, God. God, we just thank you today, God. Father God, we ask you to bless the pastor this morning as he brings the word, God. Let lives be transformed and souls be saved, God. Father God, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. Amen. For he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. This prayer I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Well, let everybody that's breathing give God some kind of praise, would you? What a, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. We are grateful for another opportunity just to be here. Y'all can go ahead. Grateful for another opportunity just to be here. Just He has brought us safely through another week and has let us see the start of a new one. So if you can, would you join with us? in praise and worship to our almighty God. Come on, clap your hands, all ye people. It goes like this. We've come to lift our hands and give him glory. We've come to lift our hands and give him praise. You say, we've come to lift our hands and give him glory. Lift our hands and give Him praise. We come to lift our hands and give Him praise. We come to lift our hands and give Him praise. That's it. 
He's been good to us. Better than we could be to ourselves and better than we deserve. If you know that's the truth, would you give God some kind, any kind of praise? We enter into his gate with thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with praise. You may be seated. We are thankful unto him. And we bless his holy name. Hallelujah to our God. Let me welcome those who are here in the sanctuary, those who have come into the building to worship. We're glad that you're here. We're glad you've chosen to worship with us. We don't take that lightly. We're grateful for another opportunity to be together with the saints. We may only be able to see your eyes, but it's just good to have you here. For those who are worshiping with us online, worshiping virtually, we're grateful that you've chosen to log on. We are grateful for the technology that allows us to be together virtually during these unprecedented times. We are grateful for that technology and we're grateful for the people behind the technology who make it possible every week for us to be together. If you're here in the sanctuary and you're worshiping with us, We'd love to know if you're a visitor. We'd love to know who you are, if you don't mind. And if you're able, would you stand so we can see who you are? No visitors in the sanctuary this morning? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll sing it to the people online. As a matter of fact, y'all can turn and look at that camera. And let's sing to them. We welcome you into Mount Calvary, this house of worship. So glad you came. Thank God we're here from far. And with the love of Christ, we are transforming lives. That's what we're all about, revealing the glory of God's kingdom. Here's how we're doing it, through the power of Jesus, his son. Through love, with diversity, with excellence, prayer and integrity, we welcome you. We welcome you. God bless you. Welcome to those who are online and to those who are visiting with us in the sanctuary who didn't want to stand. Um, <laughs> and it's okay. It's all right. Let me make a few observations at this point in the worship experience. Um, and y'all forgive me. I've got new Invisalign in my mouth, and I thought it was going to work with me trying to talk um, and preach with it in. And I can see already this is not going to work. So at some point, I'm going to have to sneak back behind the wall and take these out. Uh, on this past Wednesday, Kelly Harris, wave your hand. Kelly, is Brother Stan here today? Nope. This past Wednesday, he is online. Brother Stan Harris, congratulations. These two lovebirds celebrated 37 years of marriage. Congrats. 
Also, this Friday coming, where's Brother Grady? He, he's online today, Brother Grady. Uh, you're watching now, Ms. Ann Grady, wave your hand. This Friday, they will celebrate 50 years of marriage. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> uh, Johnetta Webb, did I see you come in, Miss Johnetta? Good. Uh, where's Landon? All right, Landon, as soon as I find my phone here, I'm going to tell everybody that you are doing a fundraiser for your school. Uh, what school is that? All right, Walter Shade, Early Childhood. Ms. Janetta has the catalog with her today. You can see her uh, if you want to support uh, Brother Landon in these sales efforts, all right? Thank you. Can we keep um, Sister Teresa Mack in our prayers? Um, she's having a procedure on this Tuesday, and, uh, and her son, Derek, is having a procedure tomorrow morning. So let's keep Miss um, Teresa and Derek in our prayers. Also, would you pray for um, Lilo? Um, Leah is her real name. Pardon me. Pray for Lilo's family. Um, Leah is her real name. She passed. I told you that last week. But her funeral is going to be on uh, on the 22nd. That's this Thursday. That is uh, Tara Purnell, Sister Miss um, Eunice Andrews, Miss Liz Ellen Porter, their niece. Uh, would you pray for that family? Also in that same family, uh, Miss Mimi, Claudia, her, uh, her fiancé passed, Mark Troxler, and his funeral is going to be next Saturday at Mount Enon. Keep that entire family in your prayers, would you? We are uh, still collecting socks up through the 1st of October. Um, we are trying to help as many people as we can in as many shelters as we can. It is the number one need, socks are, uh, that people have when they go into the homeless shelters. And so um, new socks only. We, uh, you can bring them. I believe we have um, bins out in the lobby. You can bring them next Sunday. Or you can bring them throughout the week and drop them off in the office. Uh, but certainly we want to help as many people as we can with, uh, with new socks. Very well. John chapter 5 is where we're going. But we are going to sing our hymn of the month. Ah, thank you, sir. Trust and obey. We haven't gotten to sing it yet, but we'll introduce it today. So what I need is those of you who know it, you've got to sing it out like you know it, right? So that those who don't know it can catch it really quickly and, uh, and join on in with us, all right? If you're able, would you stand and let's lift this hymn of the church.
do, do that again. When we walk with the Lord, when we walk with the Lord, in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do, while we do his good, he abides, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. The chorus says, trust, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Good. Not a shadow, not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies. But his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sign or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. That's it. Sing it out. Trust. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey verse 3 not a burden we bear not a sorrow we share but our toil he doth richly repay not a grief nor a loss not a frown nor a cross but is blessed if we trust and obey. You've got the chorus, sing it out. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But we never can prove. But we never can prove. The delights of until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Sing trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. One more verse. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Oh, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Good.
Amen. You all may be seated. Oh, I should have let you all sing one more chorus while I go back behind this wall. Give me a second. Since I sat you already, uh, you can remain seated unless you just want to stand. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Holy Bible this morning. Here's what it says. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Verses 1 through 9 of John chapter 5. You may be seated. Brother Thomas Terrell, you had a pretty big week, didn't you? <laughs> Celebrated 23 years clean this week. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mighty God. Brothers and sisters, we have been studying the miracles of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of John. 
I will remind us again that all we're doing is just laying a foundation, laying the groundwork for our prayer study that's coming up at the end of the year. I say that we are laying the groundwork because the platform on which prayer is built is our faith in the one to whom we're praying. That which undergirds prayer is what we believe. And so since the apostle since the apostle John left on record that the very reason that he recorded these specific miracles in his book was so that we might believe that we might believe that Jesus is the Messiah that he is the son of the living God and that by believing we would have life in him. And so when we were last together, Jesus is back at Cana. You all remember a royal official comes to him asking him to heal his son who was at the point of death and all Jesus did was send his word. And at that very moment, some 20 miles away, the young man was healed. And when we turn over to chapter 5, the Bible says, after this, after he sent his word and healed the royal official's son, Jesus went up to Jerusalem because it was one of the feast days. And Jesus makes his way to the pool called Bethesda a pool close to the sheep market, meaning Bethesda meaning house of mercy or flowing water. This pool, this gathering place, had five porches, five covered patio type structures, and under these porches, under these covered patios, there laid a great, a great multitude, according to verse 3, a great multitude of impotent folk. That word literally means weak, feeble, without strength, powerless. The King James Version goes on to explain blind and halt and withered. And it is here on one of these porches that we meet a man, a man that has an infirmity. And that word infirmity in the original text just means a sickness, a disease, a weakness. And this day, this man is going to encounter somebody who will change his life, thank you, who will change his life forever. This day, this lame man meets Jesus. And as we continue our study of faith and belief, as John works to convince us to believe Jesus, I want to preach from this subject, exceeding expectations. Exceeding expectations. Let's, look, let's take a look at the interaction between this unnamed man and Jesus because I believe it will teach us something about exceeding expectations. So you heard the story, we read it together. All these people are lying around the pool. There is a multitude of people with various issues. They have all gathered there because they all have the hope of some help and relief. This is a place where everybody is hurting. 
There are lots of hurting people, but it is also a place of expectation. You see, the Bible says they were waiting on the moving of the water because during a certain season they knew something was going to happen. So they just keep coming because it only happens for one of them at a time. They keep coming, they keep waiting, hoping, because at a certain season an angel went down into the pool to trouble the water, to stir the water, and whoever would get into the water first after the angel stirred it would be healed. And among them, among those who are waiting poolside is a certain man who has been lame for 38 years. This man has a big challenge. Of course, being sick or lame or palsied or impotent, this would, this would indeed be considered a challenge. Uh, if you were lame, I've said it before when we've looked at other miracles, that necessarily meant you were destitute. You were poor. It meant you couldn't work, which meant no income, which meant you had to rely on the goodness of other people. And y'all know, relying on the goodness of other people can be a trip. I mean, this man didn't even have anybody who would put him into the pool. Where's his family? He doesn't have any siblings to put him in the water. Where are his friends? Is there no one who cares enough about the man to get him the help that he's looking for in the pool? Or maybe they came for the first year or the fifth year but by year 17, year 35, you can keep going, bro, but you're on your own. As a, as a man, this, this, impotent man, this impotent man's biggest challenge has to be his infirmity, right? Well, when I consider this, I, I, I think in relation to us, there may be a bigger challenge for him. Consider this, he's been sick 38 years. We don't know how many times he's been to the pool, but we know he's been there at least once. This isn't his first time. Right? Because he tells Jesus every time I try to get in, somebody gets in before me. He's come back at least once, and all these times he has watched somebody else get the healing that he is waiting for. For 38 years, 456 months, 13,870 days, 332,880 hours, for almost 20 million minutes, He's been waiting to be healed. And all that time, each time, he has to watch somebody else get healed while he goes home the same way. I know you got to look straight ahead and you can't say amen too loud and you're just hoping that that tear does not burst out of your eye. But I want to offer that 
this man's major disappointment, his, his major challenge is disappointment. I know we can't say it, but there are those of us in this room, those of us who are watching right now, who for years have been watching other people get the answer to what you've been praying for. And you're not allowed to say it because you're a Christian. But if the truth were told, you're a little disappointed. Time after time, he's probably come to this pool and left the same way over and over again. He's come hoping against hope that somehow, in some way, right, he can't walk, he can't get himself into the water. He comes hoping that somebody would get him into the water when the angel troubled it. Can you imagine at this point how low his expectation is? He's been sick a long time. He has no one to get him in the pool if by chance he's there at the same time that the angel comes. But this day, there's somebody different at the pool. Somebody who is going to exceed all of his expectations. <laughs> and I want to offer to you today, just in case this walk has made you lower your expectations. I didn't come to talk to everybody this morning. I came to talk to those for whom life has made you lower your expectations. I want to offer to you three things that I noticed, three observations that I noticed in the text. First of all, look at verse 6. It says, when Jesus saw him, stop right there. That's our first stopping point today. Jesus sees. <laughs> now John has set the scene. Verse 3 said there's a whole lot of people there. A great multitude of folk here. New Living Translation says crowds of sick people. New International Version says a great number of disabled people. There are a whole lot of people under these porches, but my Bible tells me that Jesus saw this man. I don't know who else he saw. I don't know who he saw on the way to this man, but Jesus sees this man. And we won't belabor this point, but I don't know who I'm talking to, but I do want to tell you that Jesus sees you. He is not ignoring you. He is not blind to your situation. He is not ignorant of what is going on in your life. You have his attention. Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 12, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. Somebody shout, he sees me. Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. Somebody shout, he sees me. Psalm 34, Psalm 33, 18, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. I love the way David wrote it in Psalm 139. It's one of my favorites of all time. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down, you know when I rise up, 
You know my faults are far off. You know my path. You know my lying down. You're acquainted with my ways. Before I even put a word on my tongue, you already know it. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hands on me. You won't let go of me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I can't even imagine it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, I'll even find you there if I take the wings of the morning and dwell on the uttermost part of the sea even there your hand he sees me he sees me I know you thought Lauren Hill made it up <laughs> but back in 1905 Sevilla Martin is the one who wrote it like this. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus, he's my portion. A constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. That's why I sing. <laughs> I sing because I'm happy. And I sing because I'm free. If he takes care of the little bitty sparrow. <laughs> I'm not even to point two yet. I can't. Jesus sees. But let's keep reading in the text. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lie and knew. Stop right there. Did you catch that? Number one, Jesus sees. Number two, Jesus knows. Jesus sees the man and knows the extent of his condition. This man doesn't say a word to Jesus. Did you catch that? He doesn't ask Jesus for a thing. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't even know who Jesus is. But Jesus see him, sees him and he knows. He knows what's going on in this man. He knows how long this man has been in his condition. Listen, I don't know how many porches Jesus went to, but he ends up at this one. And when he sees this impotent man, he knows he's been in that case for 38 years. I don't know how many people he healed on the way to this man. Remember John said he performed many other signs that I didn't record, but I just recorded these so that you would believe. I don't know if he healed 10 people that day or 5 people that day or 25 people or if he just healed this man. We don't know, but what we do know is that he made his way to that man when he saw him he knew all about it can I just cut on across the field and tell you I don't know how long you've been waiting I don't know what condition you're in I have no clue how many people the Lord has healed on his way to you but I just want to encourage you today if you feel like nobody sees you and especially if you feel like nobody knows what you're going through I want to tell you not only does Jesus see you but he knows he knows how long you've cried yourself to sleep 
after everybody's gone. He knows how bad it hurts. He knows your condition. He knows how long you've been in it. He knows every sleepless night. He knows every waking thought. He knows every anxious sigh. He knows. Jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide until the day is done. Jesus sees it. Jesus knows what's going on. And then Jesus asks him a question. Now, every time I see Jesus ask a question in a text, it makes me ask, why is Jesus asking? Jesus is God in the flesh. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. And so when Jesus, the Son of the living God, asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Let me see if I can convince you. He asked his disciples, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? already knowing that everybody's life is in his hands and our days were written in a book that's what the psalmist said before we even got here he asked the scribes which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk already knowing that he was about to tell this paralyzed man get up and walk Jesus asked his disciples how many loaves do you have already knowing that he is about to feed 4,000 men not including the women and children with seven loaves and a few fish he asked the disciples who touched me <laughs> already knowing that virtue had left his body and the woman with the issue of blood was made whole. He asked the woman caught in adultery, where are your accusers? Already knowing that none of those jokers were without their own sin, so nobody could throw the first rock. All I'm trying to tell you is that when Jesus asks a question, it is not for his own information. It is for another purpose. So we must ask, why would Jesus ask this man, wilt thou be made whole? I want to offer that perhaps, just maybe, Jesus asked him the question because he knew that John was, was going to record it for us. Maybe. Maybe Jesus asked him the question so that we could get a glimpse into this man's mind and his thought process. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? Check out the man's answer. He goes immediately into, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. And when the angel comes, everybody gets in before me. See, his answer reveals to us a couple of things. First of all, it reveals his hurt. He feels alone. 
he says, I don't have anybody. I have no family, no friend, no associate, no ace, nobody to put me in the pool. He feels alone. But not, just, not only does he feel alone, he also feels mistreated. He feels overlooked because everybody is so concerned about trying to get theirs that when he would try to get in the pool, they get in first and leave him behind. And can I just say parenthetically that there are many of us who are talking to Jesus out of our own hurt rather than out of expectation. Scared to tell him what we want because of what we've gotten. I know I'm, I know I'm talking right. I know I'm teaching the truth. Uh, there are those of us so wrapped up in how others have treated us that when our very hope Jesus Christ asks us, do you want to be whole? We're still answering him out of our hurt. You used to think you'd be whole. Now, you figure you'll just die like this. Let me speak to that discouraged saint in here today. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop expecting just because you've been in the same uh, condition for a long time. I have said it before and I will say it again. Time is not an indicator of the Lord's will. I will say it again. Time is not an indicator of the Lord's will. What are you saying, Reverend? Here's what I'm saying. Just because you've been in it for a long time does not mean you have to stay in it. I guess it's just his will that I'll keep this. I guess I'll just die with this habit. I guess this is just me. I come to tell you today, somebody wants to exceed your expectations. His answer reveals his hurt. His, his answer reveals his loneliness. But it also reveals something else. It reveals his expectation. His expectation is that the angel will trouble the water. And that if he makes it in first, he'll be healed. His expectation is that his healing is in the troubled water. His expectation is that if he can catch the angel, he'll get what he wants. His expectation is there has to be somebody to put him in the water. And so when he talks to Jesus, all he gives Jesus is about his low expectation. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus says, do you want to be whole? And this man starts talking about his expectation. Ain't nobody going to put me in the water. 
Remember, all of this study is leading towards prayer. When the man talks to Jesus, that's prayer. In his prayer, he's trying to prescribe what needs to happen in order for his healing to come. I'm trying to connect the dots, trying to connect the dots from last week, right? Remember, we found out that it is our privilege to pray, but it is not our privilege to prescribe the answer. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for his healing, but his expectation is limited. The great theologian Calvin said it like this, the sick man limits God's help to his own ideas and does not promise to himself more than he conceives in his own mind. In other words, Jesus is standing right there with the power to change his very existence. But because he has in his mind the only way that healing can come is through the troubled water, his expectation is limited. And may I offer, and I'm done, that there are those of us in this room right now, there are those who are worshiping online right now whose expectations are just too low. You're looking for God to come in one way that you can get your mind around. But I want to tell you that our Savior is not limited by our expectations. Somebody should shout right there because that's grace. He could only give you what you expect, but I've come to learn that our Savior exceeds expectations. You are looking for him to bring your healing through a specific channel. You are looking for him to bring your joy through a specific channel. You are looking for him to bring your resources through a specific channel. And while you're looking at water, He's standing there looking at you saying, do you want to be whole? I have come to tell, the only reason I came was to tell you that we serve a God who specializes in exceeding expectations. <laughs> All this man expected was the possibility of healing through an angel troubling the water. But Jesus is about to exceed his expectation. First, Jesus sees the man. Then Jesus knows the man's condition. But finally, this is the third thing and the last, Jesus commands the man. He gives him a command and it's a strange one. Jesus tells this powerless man Jesus tells this lame man to do something that only healed people can do y'all hear me he tells the man to do something that only somebody who can walk could do he tells this sick man to do something that only somebody who has power in their legs and strength in their arms can do. He gives him a command that doesn't speak to where he is. He gives him a command that speaks to where he's going. 
That's why you don't understand some of the things that the Holy Ghost is speaking to you because he ain't talking about where you are. He's talking about, where I'm trying my best to... He's not talking about where you are. He's talking about where you're going. I know you can't do it. He's not telling you to do something you can do. He's telling you to do something that he's giving you power to do. And so he says, rise. Take up your bed. And walk. And the Bible says immediately <laughs> the man was made whole took up his bed and walked. We just got finished singing it. Trust and obey. Immediately he didn't have to wait for an angel. He didn't have to wait for the water to get right. He didn't have to wait for a friend to put him in. He didn't have to wait for anybody to put him in the water. Immediately, he was made whole. Jesus exceeded his expectation. Jesus went beyond what the man thought could happen to him. I guess that's why Paul wrote it like this. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think and it's according to the power that works in unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without it God is able to exceed expectations y'all help me close it please I'm not going there Y'all help me close it. Find somebody that you're comfortable talking to beyond the mask. And tell them he's able to exceed your expectations. Come on, tell them. If you can think it, he can do more than that. If you can ask him for it, he can do more than that. That's just what he does. <laughs> he made a highway in the middle of the Red Sea. He exceeded expectations. He got in the furnace with the Hebrew boys and kept them from getting burned up. He exceeded expectations. When he protected Daniel in the lion's den, he exceeded expectations. When he took Joseph from the pit to the palace, he exceeded expectations. When he turned water into wine, he exceeded expectations. Ah, but there is another time. <laughs> there is another story. And you know I got to tell it. They did the worst they could to Jesus. They beat him. They placed a crown of thorns on his head. They stripped him. They plucked the hair out of his beard, but he kept on moving toward Calvary. And you all know the story. On a hill far away, stood an old rugged cross. <laughs> they nailed his hands. They riveted his feet. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. Oh, he hung his head in the locks of his shoulder and he died until the earth started shaking. 
until the sun refused to shine and the moon dripped in blood. He died until they took his body and placed it in the tomb. But the record is <laughs> early Sunday morning, he exceeded expectations. He got up with all power in his hands. So as I finish, can I ask you one question? Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be made whole? I didn't ask, do you expect to? Right? I ask, do you want to? Then, in the name of Jesus, the Christ, in the name of the one who is above every name in the name of the one who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities the one who took our stripes for, that brought our healing the one who took the chastisement so we could have peace in his name rise take up your bed and walk. Rise. Take up your bed. And walk. It doesn't matter if you came expecting it or not. Rise out of your depression. Rise up from your disappointment. From your sickness and disease from your poverty mindset for your mentality of defeat rise from your anxiety rise I know you don't expect it but if you want it that's enough because he knows how to exceed expectations looking for a miracle I expect the impossible that's that's great that's some people's testimony I'm looking for a miracle I expect the impossible I've, I see the invisible I feel the intangible that was the Clark sisters testimony and that's some of our testimony in here but there are also some people who you sing it but you know that ain't what you're feeling in your heart we might as well be real about it not everybody is looking for a miracle because you were looking for a miracle and you thought it would have happened and it didn't happen and so now you're not really looking for I mean if it happens great but you're not really looking for a miracle right because you lowered your expectations 
and nobody listen I'm trying to be as real as possible nobody is faulting you you did it for survival you lowered your expectation so you wouldn't lose your mind you lowered your expectation so you wouldn't lose your faith because what you thought was coming one way didn't come the way you thought it was going to But the grace of it is that he specializes in exceeding our expectations. He specializes. Nobody's beating you up for lowering your expectations. Nobody's beating you up for not expecting. But I come with a message of encouragement to tell you today, he specializes in exceeding expectation. And so as we get ready to talk about and study about and practice effective, fervent, believing prayer. I just need you to know that the Lord is not limited by lowered expectations. Y'all remember Saturday Night Live? They used to have that skit, lowered expectations. Y'all remember that? <laughs> After you've dated so many people, you thought you would meet Prince Charming and all you got was a toad. Oh, you thought you had Cinderella and got her home and at midnight she turned to something else. And so there are many who have lowered their expectations. But thank God. Thank God. As we look to him, he's able, come on, Minister Tara, to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think that is good news Jesus sees you he knows you and he exceeds all our expectations amen so if you're here in the sanctuary and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand and someone will come to you. Also, if you're watching at home and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to be saved, send us a message, call us, and let us know that you want to give your life to Christ. Second call, maybe you're already saved. You have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you would like to become a part of the Mount Calvary Church family. Once again, raise your hand if you're in the sanctuary. We have someone right here. Amen. Bless you, my brother. Would there be anyone else? Also, if you're watching at home and you're already saved, you know where you're going to spend eternity, but you want to become a part of the Mount Calvary Church family, send us a message. Call us and let us know and someone will respond to you.
Let's thank God for his word this morning. Amen. Now is the time for offering to give back to God what already belongs to him. Amen. There are several ways to give here at Mount Calvary. We have text to give. That number is 855-908-17. I'm sorry, 0710. Also, we have, have Cash App, dollar sign, M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. And we have the Givelify app. You have to download that on your phone, follow the instructions, tap, give, and you're done. Also, I just want to remind you that Pastor's anniversary is coming up, and there are envelopes in the back if you like to do it that way, or you can also give online. Um, the deacons will be here after church to receive your offering as you leave the building, and they'll be here until 1230 if you like to drive to the church and give your offering. Amen. If all hearts and minds are clear, let's stand for the benediction. And I would ask if you're staying for the small group training that you remain in your seats until everyone is dismissed and then you can go back to the atrium. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for what our ears have heard and what our hearts have received today. God, we thank you that you exceed expectations, God. God, help us to be content where we are, God, but to wait for you, God, to move, God. Father God, we thank you for the word. We thank you that it's going to change lives today. Father God, we pray for our pastor, God. Just strengthen him, Lord. Thank you for the vision that he has for Mount Calvary. God bless those that came today, God. God, just let us leave today with a transformed mind, God, a transformed heart, God, to do what you have called us to do, God, to not lower our, lower our expectations, God, to expect, God, more from you, God, because we know that you can and that you will because Jesus is. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. Jesus. Thank you, God, for keeping us from falling, God, and presenting us faultless before the, your presence of your throne, God. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, now and forever. Amen. Please remain in your seats, and the ushers will dismiss you. Thank you. Have a blessed week.